0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, you guys want to get into this? You guys, did you pick up some notes on your way in? All right, good. Let's get into this. We're going to finish up today. We've been talking about victory. How many of you guys have been walking in victory the last couple weeks of your life? How many of you guys are going to continue to walk in victory in your life right uh, the first week that we uh, we began talking about this we we looked at the fact that God wants to lead us in victory we can we can stay in this place of victory where we are walking and following him in victory and uh, last week we talked about um, that faith is the victory. We looked at 1 John 5, and it, said, uh, it says, and I just wanna remind you that this is the victory that overcomes the world, right? We, and prior to that scripture, you can see that as a child of God, which you guys are are children of God, Because you are his child, you are an overcomer. But that verse tells us that we are a child of God and we are an overcomer, but it is our faith that is the victory. What you believe is the victory in your life. If you believe that when you sow the seed that you just got done sowing, that it's going to uh, produce a harvest, it will produce a harvest. If you believe that he is the God that heals you, you will, re- you will receive the harvest and the, uh, be the recipient of healing in your life. And so we need to understand, and, and I just want you guys to, to, to grasp this idea that, that he wants you to live in victory, He wants you to live in victory. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna have challenges, right, I mean, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't have victory if we didn't have a challenge right? And, and so we're going to have those challenges, but thank God he's given us his word. He's given us his promise. He, he, he's given us the steps to take, to walk and live in victory, to, to go through challenges, to go through difficulties and come out on the other side in victory. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, just that sweet smelling fragrance, right? All you ladies, you have that lotion that you buy at Bath and Body Works and it's like us guys are like, oh my gosh, there's so many smells coming from that store but but the fragrance of victory that's what Jesus wants us to live as believers he doesn't want us as believers to be down and out he doesn't want us to be you know uh, a rep he wants us to be a representation of what it means to live and 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 walk in victory in our lives and so so it's just important that each and every one of us as individuals are doing just that and that is living in victory knowing that that He's leading us in that victory, knowing that each and every day, we're strengthening our faith, why? Because it's the faith that gives us the victory. And today, I wanna kinda conclude this this series, and I wanna talk about a subject that sometimes, and it's a component of victory that sometimes is overlooked. Sometimes it's even disregarded. And, and what's really sad about it is is that I have actually heard believers that actually are, they speak uh, disparaging of what it is that we're gonna talk about, and that is your words. And uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, this is kind of a funny story that goes along with this, it has nothing to do with losing keys or anything like that. I know that you guys know that I'm a loser of keys. But a couple weeks ago, this was probably two or three weeks ago, uh, Gayla came in and she handed me my W-2. And as she handed me the W-2, she said, Brian, I just want you to know that I have another copy of this just in case you lose it. (laughs) I mean, the audacity, can you believe, can you believe that Gayla, the lack of faith that she has in me as an individual, it's just like, it's just, it's so hurtful. And so she hands me this thing. And I mean, the minute she said it, I'm like, she is such a doubter of me. And I took that, 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 that envelope and I stuck it in a special compartment right in the side of my, my case. And I'm like, I'm not gonna lose this thing. And so I go on down the road of life and I you know get my packet, I'm getting my stuff together for all my taxes and I'm looking everywhere and I'm like, where did that envelope go? You guys are laughing at me, but here's the deal. Gala spoke that into existence over my life. Your words, Gala's words are powerful. Okay, well, I got some of you, but some of you I don't have. Specifically, my father, he does not believe in what it is that I'm saying here right now. He just thinks that that's my responsibility, but she spoke that into existence. Her words are powerful. <laughs> Listen, very little thought is given to the words that come out of our mouth. And so today I wanna to talk about this and I wanna look at what the word of God, and it, I tell you what, honestly, we could spend weeks on this because you know, when it comes to your words and the words that are coming out of your mouth, uh, we do have a tendency to disregard. We do have a tendency to not put a lot of stock in it. We do have a tendency to minimize the words that, were, that are coming out of our mouth. Now, I will, you know, it's not Gala's fault, okay? I, I lost the envelope, okay, and I'm probably gonna find it. But at the end of the day, what I want you to understand today is is that your words are Powerful. Your, your words are very, very powerful. And, and and when we think about this idea of, of uh, not giving a lot of stock to the words that come out of our mouth, Proverbs twenty nine says that there is more hope for a fool than someone who speaks without thinking. And I'll tell you what, man. I, you know when you when you think about that, that that we have to think before we speak because what Proverbs is telling us is is that there's more hope for a fool if if we're not thinking about about the words that are coming out of your, out of our mouths. And if you're sitting there today saying, well, you know, you know, I understand what you're saying, Brian, but really, does it really make that big of a difference? Does it really, really matter? He wouldn't, the, the writer of Proverbs would not have said that, that there was more hope for a fool than the one that speaks without thinking. And and you'll see here today, there there's just so much content and I don't know that I'm going to get through it all, but You know, um, I know that you all in this place, I know that you all remember something that was said to you. Right? Could have been it when you were younger. Could have been this past week. Could have been something that somebody said to you uh, a month ago. You know, and, and and you know, a lot of times we we want to remember those positive things. You know, as I was getting prepared, I was like trying to think back through all of the years about maybe some of the positive things that were said to me as a person. And I can't say that I. I mean, I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. But the the things that were negative. Were the ones that really kind of came to my mind pretty quickly, and uh, and and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it's the negative things that that we remember. You know, maybe maybe somebody said that you you know are slow of learning. Maybe somebody said that you couldn't read. Maybe somebody said that you're not going to amount to something. Uh, maybe somebody in your life said that you were a failure. Um, I can remember when I was thinking about this one time. I was sitting on the 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 forty yard line on the old football field down in trainer and we're getting ready to play this game and I'm I'm you know we're all doing the one two three word stretching and all that stuff and the coach is going from one player to the next player and you know he comes to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like okay man he's like you're you're, you're just such a softy and I was like wait a minute wait a minute what what you know and then he like he left, like he just comes up to me and he's like it was just a disparaging word in that moment. Like I'm like psyched up, right? You know, we'd been listening to you know heavy metal music, and we're ready to just like go crazy and 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 win this game. And he comes up to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, "You're softy." I'm like. I'm like, wait, what? And he goes to the next guy and I hear him have a really good word of encouragement to him. I'm like, wait a minute, you know? And so I began to question my whole being and everything that was in me because of something that was said to me in that moment. And I mean to tell you, the first quarter, first half of the game, man, I'm just like, a different person because of something that was said to me that was negative. And I think that we can all remember times in our lives where where something was said. Maybe it was positive, maybe it was negative. But but but, but we need to understand the Power of what it is that is said. the the words that come out of your mouth either are bringing life or they're bringing death into someone's heart, into someone's being. I mean, you know, I know that he he was probably just trying to reverse psychology, psych me up or something like that, but it did not work. Okay, I I, I did not do well the first part of that game, but we have to understand that that our words are so so powerful, and so. You know, my question to you is, is what is it that you are saying uh, uh, to others? What are the words that you are saying to other people? like your spouse are you are you speaking words of encouragement words of, of belief words of you know that bring uh, life to them or are you disparagingly speaking towards them about what they're not doing and how they how they haven't done this and how they haven't cleaned the house and how they haven't made you supper in a while or or how they don't get out the door or how they're lazy or 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 you know is that your habit maybe maybe what about your job are you speaking positive things over your job like i'm so thankful for this job i'm so thankful Thankful that I get to come here. I'm so thankful for my boss. Or are you saying things like, "I really cannot stand this guy" or "this this lady"? I cannot stand this job. I wish I had my old job back. I, you know, are you that? Are you of that persuasion? Um, you know, when it comes to your children, are you are you encouraging to them or are you discouraging them? And, and it could be grandkids or kids or, or people that you come into contact with. Are you being a, an encourager or a discourager? Uh, are you continually criticizing, you know, uh, other believers or your spouse or your employer or the church or other people that are in your life? Uh, you know, when I think about this idea of, of criticizing, I think about the children of israel you guys remember them i mean in multiple places throughout the bible like in hebrews it talks about that we are to look at their example and remember it and and if you remember i mean you know they got they got led out of egypt and they're heading out down the road and 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 you know, pretty much around every corner, what are they doing? They're just complaining, and they're griping, and they're moaning, and they're saying, I wish I would go back, I wish we could go back, it was so much better there, and Moses, we told you that this is the way it would be, and so their mouth and their speaking was what? It was negative, and and you guys all know that story, we're not going to spend a lot of time looking at that, but but their words are what kept them from moving into the promised land. Their words are what caused them to die in the wilderness. And so it's, it's so important for us to understand that our words, they're, they're bringing life or they're bringing death to our, to our life and to what it is that, that's going on. And so what are you saying about other things and other people in your life? And that's just a question that you can ask yourself because we need to realize, guys, today, and this isn't in your notes, but we need to realize that your words are not just describing. And I think that sometimes that's what we think. We think, well, I'm I'm just describing my job. It's not good. My boss is a jerk, you know, and I don't like it. And so I'm just describing it, right? And so, and, and and we say that we're describing, but what we don't realize is, is that our words are not just describing, they are creating the environment in which we live. They're creating the environment at, at in the workplace. They're creating the uh, uh, the environment in the home. They're creating the, the view that your child has of themselves. There, You know, you are creating the words that are coming out of your mind mouth are creating something and so you know Romans four seventeen says this and it says as it is written I have made you the father of many nations and in the presence of God in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and calls those things into existence you guys remember I mean you know in the very beginning that God said he was he was looking out over the darkness but you know in that instance God wasn't saying man it's just so dark it's so cold he he wasn't he was not describing it what did he do he began to create he began to say let there be light you know and he said let there be fish of the sea and let there be you know things in the air and it was and all of these things followed what it was that he said and so he called those things that that were not as though they were and in our lives that's the way we need to live it may not look like it, like it should. But God, we need to follow his example in our lives and know that our words don't just describe something, they create something. They have the power to create something in our lives. And so... While you may think that it doesn't matter, you need to know that it, that it does matter and that your words are so, so powerful. Uh, you know, God's word is very, very clear and I just wanna look at kind of four principles today um, that talk about the clarity of your words and, and, and the importance of your words. And we're gonna start in Matthew chapter 12 and we're gonna just go through these things and, and see what it is that God has to say about our words. Matthew 12 says this, It says that either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. So I'm just going to stop right there because what he's saying, Jesus is saying is is he's saying the tree is known by its fruit. Our lives are going to be known by our fruit. You and I are known by by the words that are coming out of our mouth. That is the fruit of our life. That is the fruit of our heart. It goes on to say, uh, um, for the mouth speaks out of that which, is, which fills the heart. The good man brings out of the good treasure what is good and the evil man brings out of the evil treasure what is evil. And so what we need to understand today is that what's in your heart Is what's going to come out, and that's why it's vitally important that you that we are renewing renewing our mind, and we're we're uh, studying the Word of God, having a devotional time, allowing Him to fill our heart with that which is pure, so that our, our the words and the fruit of our mouth are pure and good also. And so, also along with that, we have to protect. Our heart, and, and, and it says in Matthew uh, fifteen eighteen, it says, but those uh, things which proceed out of a man come from the heart. And they defile a man. And so you so you have to understand that the words that come out of your mouth, not only are they powerful, not only do they have the ability to have life and death, but they will defile you. The words that come from your mouth will defile you, but you have to understand it starts in your heart. And so it's absolutely critical that we protect and guard our heart. And and and, and I think sometimes, you know, you know, uh, like I say I say crazy things. I say some stupid things and I joke with my kids and and uh, you know I'll say things to my kids, you know, when it comes to, yeah, you can have that, but you're going to you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for every last red cent of it, you know. And, and you know, and I I joke with them and and things like that, but that's not a, it's not a habit. The, and I think that that's really the habit and, and when we look at our lives, the s- things that we speak out of habit day in day out, week in week out. Like there's just things that we say habits that we we speak, those are connected to our heart. When the Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, that's what you need to, to ask yourself, is, is this a habit? Is this, this thing that I speak a habit? Because when it is a habit, it is connected to your life. And maybe it's something that needs to, to, to be gotten rid of. Uh, maybe it's a habit that needs to change because as we've said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you know, when we consider this, think about when you, um, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord Savior, you believed, you believed him. And then what did you do? You confessed him as your Lord and Savior. And I, and I wanna use this to illustrate the power of your words because by the confession of your faith, what happened? You went from heading towards hell to heading to heaven. You went from heading to death to heading to life. You went from being unwhole to being whole. You went from being cursed to being uncursed and being blessed, right? And so it's, it's, there's such power. And so So, you know, by the confession of your faith as a believer, we need to understand and know that there is huge power in the words that come from our mouth. And the same effect that takes place on us when we give our heart to Christ, why wouldn't it be the same thing when it comes to our everyday occurrences, everyday speaking, everyday talking? It would. It would. It absolutely does. The, the words of our life have power. Jesus went on to say here in, in Matthew 12:36 it says, "But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for it on the day of judgment. For the words by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. And so number one in your notes is this: you know your, your words you will give an account for your words. Did you know that? There's coming a day when you will stand before your heavenly father and you're gonna give an account for your life, right? Number one, we know that in the, in the New Testament that we're gonna give an account for our life. But what he's saying here is, is that it's not just our life, we're gonna give an account for the words that proceed from our mouth. And so, you know, when we look at the scripture, it, it says, I tell you that every careless word that people speak will give an account. And so my question to you is, is what are, are, the, are there careless words that you're speaking over your relationships? Are there careless words that you're speaking to your spouse? Are there careless words that you're speaking in, in your work environment or maybe over your business or maybe over your community or maybe over your church? Because what it's saying here is is that we can't have this, this, this mentality and, and just be careless with our words. Because we are going to give an account for the words that were spoken, if they were careless. And I, man, I'm, I'm telling you what, man, there's coming a day where it's just you and your heavenly father. And he's going to be saying, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? I want, I want this what about this to be few, right? I, I don't want a lot of those. It's like, you know, I want the Lord to be like, you did good, man. We're done. You know, there's your house up there, you know. Instead instead of like, okay, I got a really long list here of some careless words that you said, and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want that to be me. And so we need to watch the words that we are speaking to those that are around us and, and into our lives. And so number one, we're gonna give an account for our words. Number two, that death and life are in your words. Death and life are in your words. Look at this, Proverbs 18, one says, or I'm sorry, 1821 says that death and life are in the power of your tongue. So your tongue, that little thing that's flappy, which, let's just pause for a second because my daughter said that, that, she was talking, to, uh, you know what, I'm not going to tell you that. That's just stupid. She was saying that they they transplanted a, a part of some skin onto a tongue. And I was thinking, I, I was driving here. I'm like, I don't know that that works. But you guys can let me know about that after the service. But but back to this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The little thing that is below your nose, that tongue, there is power in it. There is death and there is life in your tongue. And... and uh, so do you have death or life in an area of your life? Is there, is, is, is there an area in your life where things are not going well? You might want to check up on what it is that you're saying over that area of your life. Because here's the thing, death and life is is really equal to, to killing something. When we say death, it's, it's we are killing it. And by our words, the power, you know, the, the power that we're talking about of our words is you're killing something with your words. You have the ability to kill a relationship. You have the ability to kill a marriage. You have the ability to kill the potential that is in a child. You have the ability to kill you know, your home life. You can, you, or you can take it on the other side and you, you can bring life to that situation. You can bring health to that situation. If, if maybe you've gone down that road in your marriage or your relationship or maybe it is even your child or something in your life where you're not experiencing life, you can begin to speak to to it. You, the words of your mouth, you can say, Lord, I repent for the way that I have talked and the words, the careless words that I have spoken. And yes, this is where my life is right now. But today I'm making a de- decision to declare life and victory and health over every area of my life. And and, and and when you do that, life will begin to return to that area in which you you need life. You know it's it's crazy because I heard this story about this lady, she's a a therapist and she was actually Britain's number 1 therapist. What a title, right? But but one of the things that was interesting about her is and I don't know if she was saved or not, but I, was, I heard the story that, basically, she was talking about the, the reason that they gave her the classification of the number one therapist was is she, they asked her, why have you had such such success in your practice in helping people, in, you know, in the country that you live in? She said, you know, if I, can, if I can get a person to change their words, I can get them to change their world. You know, and when I heard that, I was like, wow. Here's a woman who is she's you know she's in a practice and she's a therapist and she's trying to help people. We don't even know if she's saved, but she understands this the, the, this principle, this principle that your words have power, and and so she began to go through all of these different circumstances and situations, and and you know she talked about you know when there was the lockdown that people would they they had these feelings in their heart when it came to being. Uh, um, um, you know, depressed and things like that. And what she would do is, is she would just say, listen, just change the adjective. Change the, say, say that you're safe. Don't say that you're depressed. Say that you're safe, you know. And, and then there, she talked about other situations where you know, people that are claustrophobic, you know, and she, she would just get them to change the adjectives that described, you know, when she was talking, to, this was actually kind of funny, you know, when we, she was talking about parenting and how some of these people will come in and be like, my kids are driving me crazy, you know? And they would say that, right? And, and we've, I've said that, uh, it's, it's a careless word, I guess I'll have to give an account for it someday. Um, but she, she said, you know, what you need to do is, is don't say that they're driving you crazy, say that, that they're they're causing you to be stronger <laughs> They're causing you to be stronger, you know? And and, and instead of saying, <laughs> they're driving me crazy. <laughs> you're gonna make me lose my mind. You know, you just change the way that you say it. Begin to put your words of life on the situation instead of words of death. Because we all know that, man, you start that ball rolling when it comes to, to negative words. It's like one thing leads to another, one thing le- leads to another, and next thing you know, you're like, what on earth am I even saying, right? My, my wife, she got on my case this week because because my dog, and I'm sorry, I use my dog as an illustration a lot because I guess it's just a trying thing and I need to stop saying that he drives me crazy and all of these mean things, but I mean, she actually actually corrected me because I said, you know, I said, you're so stupid or something like that. (laughs) And she said, hey, stop saying that over the dog. (laughs) Whoa, okay. (laughs) She's like, that dog's gonna be here long after our kids are gone and I don't want that dog being stupid when he gets older. <laughs> okay, okay babe, I, I'll, I'll start speaking words of life over Ollie. <laughs> our words bring life or they bring death. Death. And there is power in our words. Your words are not just describing, they are creating. And so you have to ask yourself the question today, you know, what is it that I'm saying? What are the words that are coming from my mouth? Are they creating death in areas? Are they creating life? And your mouth has the ability to kill or bring life. And so in every area of your life, begin to speak words of life over them. You know and, and and just begin to, you know, make it a point to speak life. You know, maybe maybe pick a day, you know, sometimes when I when I drop my son off at school, that's that when he shuts the door, that's what I do. I just start confessing some things over his life. I, th- I just thank you, Lord, that he has favor with all of the people that he comes into contact with. I thank you that he, he's the head, not the tail. He's above and not beneath. I thank you that he's going over. I thank you that you're helping him with his schoolwork. You know? And so, so pick those times in your life to speak life you know, where it's just a habit that it's like, I'm gonna take this opportunity as I drive home or, or, or as I get up, or maybe you're combing your hair and you begin to speak life into your marriage, into a relationship, into a part of your life that you, you want to see change because God wants good things. He wants victory in your life. But listen, it's more than just believing. Last week we talked about that Paul stated, I believe and therefore I speak. If we believe something, if we, we see it in God's word, we can believe it. But God says and he requires an action from us to begin to speak to the mountain, speak to the issue, speak to what it is and create what it is that we want in our lives. Number three is this is that we overcome by our words. Revelations 12, 11 says, and they defeated him by the blood of the lamb, and this is speaking of Satan, they defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony, their testimony. And, 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 and I love some of the other versions it says, and they triumphed, they defeated, they conquered, they overcame, they were victorious by the blood of the lamb and by what? Their testimony. So not as, as, it's not just, you know, yes, what Jesus did is amazing, but there's more to it. There's more to the story, and that is your testimony and the words that are coming out of your mouth. Testimony is actually defined as evidence given, evidence given. If you witness something, right, if, if you were to be called as a witness to a case, and maybe there's some, some in here that have been called to a witness, uh, uh, to witness to a uh, case, um, you know, a court case, what are you doing? You're coming and you're giving your firsthand knowledge of what it is that took place, you know? And and so if there's an argument between two people and the judge and the jury, they're trying to, uh, you know, uh, determine who is right and who is wrong. If you're called as a witness, you're coming and you're saying, well, firsthand, this person, this is what I saw. This is how it went down. This is my firsthand knowledge. This is my testimony of what it is that I, what, know. And the same thing is true right here in what it is that's being said is is that our testimony is our firsthand knowledge of what it is that Jesus did. Our firsthand knowledge is is that we looked at a a few weeks ago that he leads us in victory, right? Our firsthand knowledge is is that because we're a child of God, we are an overcomer. My firsthand knowledge is, is that if I have faith, my faith is my victory. And not only that, my firsthand knowledge is is that I know that death and life are in the power of my tongue. And that if I believe, I'm going to what? Speak. And so this testifying is a testifying of what it is. I actually was thinking about this whole idea of testifying because I can remember one time when we came home from... Uh, we came home from Raymond Greg and I, and a friend, and uh, uh, dad was very emphatic. I mean to tell you, he was not happy because my brother had a tendency to do a lot of illegal things and speed in his car, and he had a long list, and I'm sure dad was paying high, high, high rate insurance on this young man, and uh, uh, <laughs> so right before we left, he's like, do not get a ticket and I mean to tell you, we didn't even get three hours down the road and I'm laying in the back sleeping and I, fee- I see lights in the car when I wake up and we were pulled over. And we were in uh, Coffeyville, Kansas. And uh, Greg was, you know, speeding. And what's really funny about the story is is that he went to court. He actually skipped Rama, which you couldn't really meet, you couldn't miss very many days, he skipped school, went to Coffinville, Kansas, and stood before a judge. And I was thinking, I'm like, I wonder how he got off on that. I wonder if Chris, who was with us, went and testified, to with, to with Greg to the judge. Listen, I have firsthand knowledge that he didn't know how fast he was going because his speedometer was broken. Now I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's just it just goes along with this idea of testifying, having firsthand knowledge that it's like you know what I know that that he has made me victorious. I know that this situation in my life he has overcome, and so today I'm testifying. I'm putting my words on it that I overcome by the word uh, by the word of my testimony in. In my life. Those, those scriptures that we all know, there's so many of them, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We know that to be truth. We know that to be fact. And so we say no weapon. We, we confess he'll meet and supply our needs. We, we confess that all authority has been given to us. We confess that, that healing belongs to us. Why? Because we can testify to the fact that we know it to be true. And so we overcome by what it is that we know is true in our lives. And so what is your testimony? What is the evidence that you're giving what is it that you're testifying about? Are you testifying about how bad the situation is? Or are you testifying about how the situation is changing and that things are getting better and that, 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 that things are working out for your good? Are you testifying how you've been unfairly treated? Or are you testifying about the favor of God that is upon your life with every single man, woman, and child that you come into contact with? Are you testifying that you don't know what to do? Are you testifying that you have been given wisdom and that he is directing your path? Are you testifying that your child is far from God or are you testifying that their eyes are open, that their spiritual eyes are open, that they're seeing and that they're coming back? And so we have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we are testifying? What are we testifying to? We overcome by our testimony. We overcome by the words that come from our mouth. The last thing is this, is that we must control the tongue. We must control the tongue. James 3 says this, and you guys know this verse of scripture. James 3 and 2, it says, indeed, we all make mistakes. man, I'm glad he said that. It goes on, for if we control our tongue, we would be made perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever it is that we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. We can uh, A small rudder makes a ship turn to wherever the pilot chooses, uh, even though the winds are strong. And in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes a great speech. But a tiny spark can set a, f- a great forest on fire. And among all of the body parts, the tongue is the flame of fire. It is the whole world of wickedness corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. And so it's saying here is, is that we have to control our tongue because there is, there is so much power in our tongue. He uses three analogies in this, you know, that, that there's a bit in the horse of a mouth. I have firsthand knowledge of, of riding on horses. With every passing year, I get more and more confident. Why are you laughing at me? He's laughing at me. Here's what I know. The first year, man, I was deathly afraid of those things, right? Second year, I got a little less afraid. Third year, it's like, okay, I got this. Why? Because you know that that little piece of metal in their mouth, We'll make this huge, I mean the first year, he's right. I know why he's laughing because I was holding on to the horn of the saddle, riding up a hill like this and my feet were going off the back of the horse. Okay, that's why he's laughing. For all of you that are wondering why he's laughing. I did not do that last year. I rode it, I rode it with, with everything that was in me, man. I, I grabbed the reins and I steered the horse. I gotta move on but seriously (laughs) ah you know what forget it what's the next one the next one is a rudder (laughs) you know when pastor laughs at you you kind of lose all respect for what it is that you're talking about and that illustration it bears no weight whatsoever (laughs) so we'll move on (laughs) the rudder the rudder and you guys all know what a rudder is. It's, it's this little thing that steers a boat. And you can make that boat. The wind can be blowing. And if that thing, wherever that rudder is steered, it can go. Now, if you, you might have it all the way and you're going in circles, you might be using it to steer yourself into the rocks. Right. Of life where where, when it comes to your life. So change where the rudder goes. Your tongue is changes the direction. And as we said here with the horse, it controls it. Your tongue controls and steers your life. And, And it also said that it's it's fire. And, you know, I was thinking about this idea of fire that, you know, just the littlest of flame can set a fire. I'll never forget standing over there at Christmas time with Greg Barnson and we're standing there singing Christmas carols and just having a big time. And we had our, our candles out there, you know, and it's like, oh, it's just so, you know, peaceful and Christmassy and, you know, had a beautiful Christmas music. And we're standing there. And we're dinking around, you know, I don't know if we were doing that, but we were dinking around. And we're like, eh, you know, we're messing with these, these flames, these little tiny flames, you know. The next thing you know, whoosh. And Greg Barnston had a hole in the front of his shirt, like ginormous, like immediately. He was like, It was back in the day when those rayon shirts, like the end thing, right? And, and I don't know, maybe they're coming back. But anyway, I mean, he got that baby too close to his shirt. And I mean, whoosh. Gone. Just like a big old hole in his shirt. And so there's huge, huge power, right? And, and you know, when we think about like uh, if you were to go to a burn site where a fire has taken place, it's like it's hard to realize that it was just one small spark, one small flame that started and burned and had this massive effect on this house or a property. And the same thing is true with your tongue. There's so much power in the words and in your tongue and the words that are coming out of your mouth. And so you, you can't take it lightly. I, 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 I just believe that the devil, he is after your tongue. He doesn't want you because he knows that, that there's power in your tongue. He knows that you can create life and you can create death. And so he wants you speaking death over all these different areas of your life. He wants you to criticize, he wants you to complain, he wants you to do all of these things, why? Because he doesn't want you having life. He doesn't want you having victory in your marriage. He doesn't want your kids following after Christ and reaching their potential. He doesn't want this church, you know, growing and expanding and reaching people. So what does he do? He gets people to start talking. He gets people to use the power of their tongue for the negative. And so we just have to endeavor that that we're not going to do that. We're gonna, we're gonna put a watch over our lips. We're gonna guard our, our tongue. We're gonna make sure that we're putting our words of life into every area of our lives. Because here's the thing your voice represents your authority. Your voice represents your authority. When you leave this place today, you need to, you need to say, My voice. Let's just say, My voice represents my authority. Your voice represents your authority. And I'll prove it to you. I mean, there's multiple places that I can prove it in the Bible. But When I was growing up, my, uh, my brother and I, we were, you know, we drove Astrovans. Those things were so cool, weren't they? They are like a bread box on wheels. And, and uh, we spent a lot of time going back and forth between here and home. And so when we were little, We sat in the back of this van and, and, you know, it's 15 miles home or better, you know? And so it's like, you got a lot of time, a lot of things, you know, to talk about and and you get bored, right? And I I, I mean, there were so many nights we're driving down the highway and you'd get one warning, eh, whatever, you know, from from the front. Dad's like, hey, be quiet, you know, or whatever. And then, you know, and and you keep going, you keep dinking around and it's like, hey, be quiet, Right. (laughs) But I mean to tell you, when the light turned on and you heard gravel on the bottom of the van, you knew you were in trouble. It was in those moments that you realized the vo- your voice has authority, right? And I mean to tell you, he'd turn around and I mean he'd look us square in the eyes and I mean we, got, we straightened up right away. Why? Because there's, voice, there's authority in your voice. The same thing is true in your life. That you, you know. And I'm serious, like, I joke about this situation, but that's what we need to do. We need to pull the van over in life. We need to turn the light on to some of the things that are going on in our lives, the, the careless talk, the careless speech, the, 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 the destruction, the defeat that we have in, in areas of our lives. We need to pull the van over on the side of the road, and we need to turn the light on, and we need to say, listen, devil, this is the problem. You're the problem. And this situation or whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life, is it's going to change now. Why? Because there's, a, there's, there's authority in your voice as a believer. And so... Linda, you can go on up and uh, I'll just finish here with these points because here's the reality of it is, guys, is that, you know, when we when we understand these things, there's just there's just so much that the word of God has to say about your words. And here's here's just a few things that are the result of really maintaining, keeping and, 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 and protecting your words. Number one, you will protect your life. Uh, Proverbs 13, three says that he that guards his mouth protects. His life, another, uh, another version says that it preserves your life. But the one who opens his lips invites his own ruin and destruction. And so we need to protect our life with our words. Number two, we escape trouble. Man, if you, if you have trouble in your life, look at what it says right here. Proverbs twelve thirteen says that an evil man is trapped by his rebellious speech, but a righteous man escapes trouble. And then the last one is the one I really love is, is, is by our words, we will see good days. It says in 1 Peter 3.10, for whoever desires to love life will see good days. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. And so today, as, as we come to a close, you just have to, you, you have to re- realize that your words have power. And then as you go from this place, I, I really would encourage you to just kind of take stock and examine what it is, that how, how it is that you're talking over your life, over your marriage, over your kids, over your job, over your business, and, and begin to say, you know what? If I don't have anything good to say, I'm not gonna say anything at all, right? There's those moments where it's like, why are you doing this? You know, your child or whatever. You need to hold your tongue, protect it, guard it. Say, nope, wait a minute, stop. And then when you've, when you've gathered your composure, and as we looked at it at the very beginning, it's like you say, I'm gonna think before I speak. What is it that I wanna put my words on? What is it that I really wanna say? What is it that I really wanna see in the life of my son or my daughter? What is it that I really wanna see in the life of my wife or my husband? What is it that I really wanna see in my business? And begin to lo- allow your words to follow what it is that you wanna see in those ser- situations. And so today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're just gonna just commit this to the Lord because you know I know that he's dealing with you. The Holy Spirit, you know, as I studied this, he dealt with me in areas. And I know that as we've spoken today that he has, he's dealt with you and he can help you and he can strengthen you and you can make those adjustments. If you have, uh, if you have areas of your life where, where you're in defeat and you feel defeated, I'm here today to tell you that you can have victory. It starts with what you believe And the next thing that you need to do is begin to speak over that situation. Speak over that area of your life. Speak life, speak health, speak abundance over your marriage, speak health and and, and prosperity over your kids. Speak what it is that you wanna see today. And so let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We thank you, Father God, for your word to our lives and to our hearts. I know, Lord, that you're, you're working, you're speaking to individuals here today, Father, and that are in our midst. And Father God, I just pray that you're going to help them to put a watch and put a guard over their mouth and over their heart, Father God, so that in these days to come, they will not bring death to their situation, they'll bring life and health, and wholeness, and victory, and triumph into their life. And I thank you, Father God, that you'll help them. Holy Spirit, remind them. Man, when they're about ready to say something that they shouldn't be saying, I pray that you'll just arrest them and help them. Say, no, I'm not saying that, I'm gonna say this. And I thank you, Father God, that as they do that, as they walk that out in their life, they will see the victory that you want to lead them in. And I just thank you, Father, for it, in Jesus' name. And Father, we just want to also have this opportunity that if there's anybody here in here with, within the sound of my voice that maybe is far from God and today you are that person and you're saying, Brian, that's me. I, I, am, I am far away from him and I want to come back. If that's you with your uplifted hand, just raise up your hand and say, Brian, that's me. I want to rededicate my life to him. Is there anybody in here, anybody at all? Anybody at all? And then finally, if you have never asked him to be the Lord of your life, is there anybody in the sound of my voice that wants to have a relationship with him? Is there anybody at all? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody at all? All right, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you, Father, for the word that has been sown in our lives, Father. I've planted and I've watered, Father God, but we know it's you that gives the increase. I thank you, Father, that as we as we go from this place that you will increase us, in Jesus' name. We're gonna take this opportunity, if you have your uh, uh, communion uh, items, we're gonna take up communion. You know, Jesus started the tradition of communion and he instructed his uh, followers to remember the sacrifice that he was about to make. You know, communion celebrates the truth. It celebrates the gospel. And Jesus was broken for us so that we can be fixed by what it is that he did, amen? And so today what we're doing is is that we're, we're remembering what it is that Jesus did for us. We're remembering the body that was broken, his body that was broken for us. We're remembering the blood that was shed for us. First Corinthians 11 says that uh, he received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on that night when he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given it, he gave thanks and he broke and he said, this is my body do it in remembrance of me. And so today, this, this, this is his body. It's a, it's a representation. And so today we can examine. We can examine our life. We can examine what it is that we're doing. We can examine the words that we're talking about, which is what we talked about today, the words that are coming from our mouth. We can examine our life and say, Lord, I've made these mistakes. I've done this wrong. And Father, it is by your son's body that I am examining my life. And so with this body, we partake, you may partake. It says, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying that this cup is new, a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. I'm so thankful for his blood, amen? The blood that was shed today. And so, Father, we just want to thank you for this, for your son's blood that was shed for us for the remission of sin. And we thank you, Lord, that we have been washed and we're cleansed in Jesus' name. You may partake. Amen. We're going we're gonna to conclude here today just with a song. And I just encourage you guys to just, you know, just, just have a conversation as you worship him about your life, about what it is that's going on, maybe the, the, the areas of your life that you want to see that victory. And, 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 you know, sometimes our flesh, it doesn't want to sing. It doesn't want to proclaim. It doesn't want to say what, what, it doesn't want to proclaim victory, right? Our flesh, it wants to say how it is. It wants to complain and gripe and moan about the circumstances and what it is that's going on. But today what you have to what we can do is as we stand and as we sing you can use this as an opportunity to exercise a spiritual exercise of saying, you know what? I'm going to worship him. I'm going to put down these fleshly desires and these things that I think I want. I'm going to begin to proclaim life and victory and health over my family, over my marriage and over my body. And so I just encourage you that as we sing, do that. Also, if there's, if you have a prayer request, if there's something that you uh, want agreement about, when, as we stand and as we sing, you can walk right down here. Our prayer team will be over here. They'll, they'd be happy to pray with you and agree with you. Or if you feel Feel more comfortable you can walk around the back and they'll be right down here to my left and uh, it's a great opportunity for you to agree with someone in prayer amen amen